0: If you are struggling with your, you know, lowering your costs, then think about: Well, am I positioning the offer in the right way that it sounds attractive? And this is like a no-brainer, must-have offer.
1: Yo, yo, yo! What up? Welcome to the Mindful and Ruthless Podcast, where you will learn the mind strategies and the tactics in order to develop a full stack life. Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Sagi Schreiber. I'm a designer and entrepreneur and the host of the show. My guest today is an entrepreneur and Facebook ads coach for entrepreneurs with an incredible story that basically got her to where she is today. She is working and has worked with many high achieving entrepreneurs, including Pat Flynn, to raise their ROI and improve Facebook ad campaigns. Today, she runs an agency for Facebook ads alongside working one-on-one with selected high-achieving entrepreneurs to coach them on using Facebook ads themselves. Besides the Facebook ads aspect to her business, she has an incredible story, um, basically crushing it from a $120,000 debt on a single middle-class income. In this talk, we go into the topic of Facebook ad strategies for solopreneurs, but also dig into our story of becoming a debt conqueror and a proud work-from-home mompreneur, running a successful online business while still being a devoted mom and wife. Ladies and gents, it's my pleasure to present to you, Monica Louie. Let's get money for loop All right, so everyone, welcome to another episode of Mindful and Ruthless Show. And today we have Monica Louis. Monica, what's up?
0: Hi, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, let's begin. So Monica is with us today. And how are you today, Monica?
0: I'm awesome. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so um, to those of you who don't know, Monica is a Facebook ads coach and specialist. She helps Super high figure entrepreneurs to improve their Facebook ads and even get started if they haven't yet. So, Monica, how about you tell us a bit about yourself, like, you know, kind of like your story and uh, just like about who you are and what you do?
0: Sure. So, I'm a Facebook ads coach and strategist. And so, I help um, online entrepreneurs grow their businesses by using Facebook ads. And um, I got into the online world because I, My husband and I were starting a family and I wanted to have more flexibility in my schedule. I had a corporate job that was, you know, just very demanding with, you know, hours, you know, on the job. Um, And I knew like once my priorities started shifting with having our son that, you know, their priorities were not shifting at the same time. (laughs) And I began to see my friends start to become stay at home moms as they were having kids. And that wasn't anything that I ever really saw for myself. My mom um, was working mom. And so that's just kind of what I envisioned for myself, Uh but I longed for that flexibility uh, to be able to, you know, spend more time with my baby because he was sleeping all day long and, you know, just (laughs) having a few hours at night wasn't enough for me. And so anyway, I started learning about, um, business, having my own business. I like the idea of becoming my own boss, but I really didn't know what I could do or what that would look like. And so- Wait,
1: what, what have I, you done before? What was your job?
0: Yeah, so I worked in- financial services. Um, and so my corporate career that I ended up leaving was in pension administration. So I worked with retirement plans, employer sponsored retirement plans. And, you know, as I was learning about, you know, studying business and, and I have a business degree, but a concentration in finance. But as I was like reading books about entrepreneurship, people were saying, well, you know, start with what you do and then just go do it for yourself. And I just, didn't feel like that was the right fit. I, you know, I could do my job well, but it wasn't necessarily my passion. Entrepreneurship,
1: retirement, (laughs) fun. It just don't go together.
0: (laughs) Well, just, you know, everything that goes into it it was, I liked it, but um, it just wasn't what, if I could do anything, you know, it wasn't what I knew was the thing. So, um, so I ended up just kind of like keeping my eyes open my, you know, about what could I, really do. And um, so in order to prepare for me to eventually be able to stay at home and us to live on a single income um, so that I could have this opportunity to figure out what my business could be, I really liked the idea of starting something small while the kids were young and then, you know, devoting more time to it as they got older. And so that was really my plan. Um, So we ended up starting to like pay off some debt like we paid off our car um, and we started saving money trying to just put ourselves in a better position to go from two incomes to one because this was um, My son was born in 2011. So it was just a few years after you know the Great Recession where we saw a lot of people, you know, just lose You know an income or two incomes, you know, just out of nowhere. And so we felt very vulnerable Choosing to go from two incomes to one. So we began to try and plan to make that transition easier. Um, So ended up that when my son was a year and a half, um, and I was pregnant with my daughter at that time, by that time my husband had gotten a promotion. Um, and I had gone down to working part-time. I did that for a year mm-hmm. at my corporate job and we had built up savings, paid off some debt and we felt like, okay, you know, now's a good time that I can, I can stay at home. And so I ended up leaving that job and then we realized, so just like not even two months in that our savings we had built up had just ever so slightly started to dip. And that made us really nervous because I was mm-hmm. pregnant with our daughter at that time and, um, just didn't want to have to put myself in the position to have to go back to work, you know, right after she was born or something. I really wanted to make this work. And so I took that upon myself. So using, you know, my, my love for numbers and background in finance, I applied that to our personal finance financial situation and dove into the personal finance world. So we ended up um, instead of just trying to stay afloat and manage everything, we ended up deciding that we were going to pay off all of our debt including our mortgage by the time we turned 40. So that became our goal. Uh, So we were 32 at the time, this was summer of 2013. So August of 2013, we just hit the ground running and paid off a bunch of debt in two years. So by August of 2015, we paid off $120,000 of debt on a single middle class income.
1: Wow, that's pretty crazy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so we just like hit the ground running. And then through that, like, as I started, as we, so I was the one kind of managing our budget and watching yeah. the numbers, making sure that like the money coming in was, you know, anything extra was going toward the debt. My husband was selling things and trying, you know, we were trying to cut expenses, yeah. um, however we could. And so, um, people started asking us, you know, how were we doing this? You know, like, especially my husband's coworkers that made, you know, roughly around the same amount as he did. And they saw that we had just gone to a single income and we were slashing all this debt, you know, really quickly. So then once people started asking questions and that's what's that was my like kind of light bulb moment of, well, I can help other people get out of debt. Like that can be the business that I start. Uh And so that's what I decided to do. I had started to learn about blogging, that that was a good way to like build a platform, build an audience to help people. And so I ended up starting, um, a, blog around us getting out of debt and helping other people you know figure out how to get started with the budget and where they can nice. cut expenses and bring in extra money and all of that so that's how I started in the online world and that blog I started in January of 2015.
1: 2015 so basically in 2015 you got online like you got online yeah. starting to build your brand and it was not even about Facebook ads it was about um, it was about getting out of debt like helping others right
0: exactly yeah yeah it was just about like getting out of debt, budgeting, saving money. And, um, but I really learned a lot through that process. And I really found myself enjoying learning about online marketing, online business, you know, following Pat Flynn and, you know, everything that he talks about on his podcast. And, and um, I also was following Amy Porterfield and I ended up learning Facebook ads because I had put together this training to help people get out of debt. And so, but I had a very small Email list, very small audience, very small Facebook page. And so I knew that I needed something else to help spread the word. And so in the fall of 2015, I ended up running my first Facebook ad campaign to get people onto my webinar mm-hmm. to help people get out of debt. And that went really, really well. Um, so my first campaign back then, I learned Facebook ads from even Porterfield, and she said that for a webinar registration, anywhere from a from a dollar to three dollars was really good
1: mm-hmm. cost
0: per conversion at that point. And the numbers are a little different now, but that's what it was back then.
1: That's pretty, that's pretty um <laughs> that's a massive jump, right? Like in the past, I don't know, like a year or two.
0: Yeah, well, so for the costs for Facebook ads. Yeah. yeah. Costs are definitely, I mean, as there are more and more advertisers, um, you know, jumping into the Facebook ad world, then that, and there's limited, um, you know, number of placements for, for Facebook to, you know, show their ads. That's what is, that combination is kind of driving the increase. But, um, but Facebook is doing what it can so that it can, you know, show ads in more places. So if you, know, you might notice that in your messenger app now you'll see Facebook ads, um, you know, definitely on Instagram for a while, but, um, you know, they're adding more and more placements in the Facebook marketplace. And so they're, they're trying to expand that to open it up.
1: Awesome. And so before we dive into Facebook ads, I just want to go back to your story for a second because, um, so, there are a couple of things that you forgot to mention this one you 're obsessed with the color purple it's an it 's a nice color white purple though like how when when did that happen?
0: So, I think it runs in my family i think I think it 's just in my blood. So my grandma um, she is ninety eight years old and I just she lives in Phoenix, and yeah. so we just visited her um, last month actually and um, so she loves purple when she would write us letters, she always wrote with a purple pen. And my mom always loved purple. My aunt loves purple. And so it was just kind of instilled in me. And so, but as a kid, my favorite color was pink. And my mother would always, you know, try and put me in purple. And I was like, but I like pink. I want to wear pink. And so I kind of fought it. But then I think, you, should wear you know. Purple. Like Today we wear purple. Well, I think by middle school that I like realized, you know, well, purple isn't that bad. Actually, I kind of like it. And so, yeah, it's been all purple.
1: <laughs> All right. Nice. Um and uh you also are a dancer, right?
0: Uh yeah, I grew up I grew up as a dancer. Um, I still love to dance. I still, I was at a wedding at one of my best friends from college wedding on Saturday and I was just shaking it on the dance floor. I love to dance, but I did grow up like actually dancing, taking lessons. I was on dance team in high school. I was the dance team captain my senior year. I danced through part of college, but yeah, so I love dancing.
1: Um, and you also like to sing. That's another thing. I didn't
0: like that. I'm not, I'm not a good singer, but I, you know, love to belt it out in the shower or the car when nobody else is listening. (laughs) Maybe just my husband or my kids are listening, but yeah, no, I'm not a good singer. My mother always told me that I'm a dancer, not a singer. So, you know, but oh man, I try, I try.
1: Uh, so maybe I'll get you to sing us the Facebook ad song by the end of the show. I
0: know. I, um, I don't
1: think so. <laughs> and one more other uh, interesting fact is that um, you guys like are the melting pot, like the American melting pot, like at yeah. your house, right. Like you're half Hispanic, half Caucasian. Uh, your husband's like uh, three quarter Chinese. Um, yes. So basically your kids are a beautiful mixture of that.
0: Yeah, right. they are. They're yeah. We were always curious like what our kids would look like. Um but yeah, they're Pretty super awesome. cute.
1: Uh, so what do you, what are your like, I don't know, basic, I don't know, three tips that you will give anyone who's in debt right now and needs to start getting out of debt.
0: Sure. So if you find that you need to start getting out of debt, then the first the first thing you can do is just commit to getting out of debt. So for us making that decision that we were going to get out of debt and be debt free by the time we turn 40, that, I mean, just be like holding tight to that, you know, it wasn't a, Oh, that would be cool if we, you know, achieve that goal. It was like, no, this is happening. And we are doing everything we can right now to put us on the path in order to be able to achieve that. So that's why in the summer of 2013, we just really hit the ground running and we had a like, a successful garage sale. Um, and we started selling things, you know, left and right things that didn't sell at the garage sale, we put on Craigslist and, and just sold as much as we could and took every opportunity to bring in more money. So that would be the, the second thing would be like, figure out your plan. What does that look like? Get really clear on what your expenses are. Um, figure out what expenses can you know disappear, which ones you can just get rid of to free up some extra money. And then also get creative on how you can bring in extra money. So my husband worked a lot of overtime. Um, so I was home with the kids and, um, he worked a lot of overtime whenever he had the opportunity to, at one point he actually moved or he traveled to another state for 45 days because they had more of an overtime opportunity there. And he ended up bringing double shifts for all 45 days straight. He didn't even take a day off while he was gone and, you know, brought in a whole bunch of extra money because we knew that we had this goal and it was a sacrifice for our family, but we were just ultra committed to making it happen.
1: And it takes a lot of communication between the couple, right? I mean, it, it's not yeah. easy, I know, um, because, yeah. So it, it's like um, going into that for a second. So you're right now you're working from home. You still are like hustling, right, and then working hard, and your husband probably yeah. is too, right? Yeah,
0: um, for sure. What,
1: so what are some of the things that you guys make, do to make sure that you're still in full communication and in a good kind of like relationship?
0: Yeah. So as far as getting out of debt, like just being on the same page and, you know, with the goal for one, you know, that was, that was super important before we even got started. But then also just communicating that, you know, where we were, like I was watching the numbers and then, um, you know, so I'd let them know, like, we're getting close to our grocery budget this month. Or, you know, if one of us wanted to go out to eat a little bit more, like, you uh-huh. know, we would try and like, you know, rein it in, make sure like we were reminding of each other of our goal. And so now Like he, he works a lot. He probably works like 50 or so hours, sometimes more actually. Um, He's in law enforcement. And so he ends up getting up early and going to work before the kids and I are up. And then I get up with the kids and get us all ready and out the door and everywhere where they need to be. And then I come back since I've got, you know, I'm my own boss. So I have my flexible schedule. Then I come back and then I get to work and then he gets off like in the afternoon and then he like picks up the kids and then he's kind of on kid duty so that I can continue working until around dinnertime. And he, um, he's our cook. He grew up in his um, family's restaurant. So he likes to nice. cook. I'm, awesome. um, I just don't love to cook as much as he does. So we we found that balance that he likes to cook. So he's our cook. So he will like prepare dinner. And then, you know, basically when dinner is ready, that's when I'm kind of like wrapping things up. And then we go do family time and get the kids to bed. And then we, you know, spend some time before we head off to bed um, to do it all over again the next day. So yeah, so just, you know, making sure that we've got a schedule that works.
1: Yeah, I think that's super important. And I think, you know, for first of all, like a lot of the entrepreneurs that are in relationships, they don't talk enough about doing this, right? They're not talking about enough like relationship and entrepreneurship, especially when you have kids, the the, the system gets so complex that you have to remember, you know, to keep your relationship on top priorities and, and everything else doesn't even matter. Um so I, that's why I'm also interested in like you know talking to other entrepreneurs which are like um mothers and fathers that are in relationships and kind of like asking them like you know what's what's your what's your kind of like tips for other entrepreneurs um you know in the same kind of mode um yeah. you know do you have something that in your in your routine do you have like a date night or is just like a dinner sometime or something yeah like that? So we,
0: we- we I mean, we don't always do it, but we try to do like a monthly date night., um, you know, sometimes things are crazy and it's hard to get that scheduled, but we try and be good about that. Um, and so, you know, but it it is nice to like make sure that we're connecting. And so, you know, even if we don't have a date night scheduled, then like on the weekends, you know, after we get the kids to bed, we'll just stay up and, you know, talk or watch a movie or whatever, you know, spend that time together. Um, But I mean, I'm really, I'm really fortunate in that he's always been super supportive of me and my entrepreneurial ventures and like giving me the time and, you know, space to work on it. Um, And so that's been really, really good that we're just, you know, he understands that this is like really important to me and my well-being to be able to do this yeah. um and then so you know basically you know he feels like if i'm happy he's happy and you know vice versa you know so um anyway so i like to give him you know space and to work on things that he likes to work on as well and you know focus on those things so
1: yeah, it's, impo- it's so important um, just just because, you know, it's like something that not enough couples do. Is like understand that the other person has to be doing their own things and like they have their own wants and they're a different person than you are. And then you have to give them space to do their own things, even if it, you know, it means that you're with the kids one night and you're that, like, so it's basically kind of like the... The situation that a lot of people just like lack is understanding the other side I'm really trying on my end to to understand always my my wife um and again we're two totally different people so um it's like something that we always constantly ta- talk about um but um when I was in the 10 conference there was like a, a talk one talk was the Ilana Cardone Grant's wife um oh, yeah. she was talking she said they have this table and the table is split into three. And on one side is her part. Everything that she likes to do on her free time and stuff like that. And one part is his part. And in the middle, it's both of their things and both of the things like the, the things they do together and stuff is like the most important thing. And nobody can touch that. And then they have the other things that they also got to make sure that they have time for. So it, anyways, it's a nice, uh, that's what I'm thinking about. it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um,
1: all right. So let's jump into um, facebook ads, right because um, that's that 's something that you are totally uh, like a, like your main focus right now on your on your entrepreneurial efforts um, but I just want to start you know by what 's the best way and start then to ask about things that I you know am curious about um, so i i haven 't been large on facebook ads i haven 't been some like really working a lot with facebook ads the most that i've done is basically just like uh go to the facebook ads manager and then like i have an event or i have a webinar uh, so let's just like uh i don't know upload an image and i'll just put some text on there and hopefully that will bring people to the webinar you know (laughs) um so i i i'm so i'm probably getting um not not so good results with that um and and i Right now, I'm wondering because I have this online course for my Israeli audience. Uh, it's a, it's an online course. They can buy it. I can get people into funnels with Facebook ads and basically track that and see if the Facebook ads cost me, you know, a set number to bring people to a buying position. Then I, you know, that could be just be calculation, which is evergreen and works. Um, mm-hmm. So, how do I even start? <laughs> I right.
0: Okay. Well, so the first, the very first step, like before we even jump into the ads manager, the very first step is to make sure that you've got the pixel installed Mm -hmm. on your website. Um, so even like for those watching, if you're not ready to jump into Facebook ads right now, but you think, you know, maybe someday six months down the road next year, you know, at some point I'll probably get there. Um, then I encourage you to install your Facebook pixel on your website, right now make sure you put it on any other landing pages so if you use something like lead pages or any other you know landing page builder that you've got your pixel installed um, just so that when you are ready then you can create audiences of your website visitors um, for one so you can create audiences of your website visitors so like anybody who's visited your website you can create audiences of people who visited specific pages on your website. So if you've got a blog and, um, you know, there's this one blog post that gets a lot of traffic and it's related to maybe your upcoming offer, like your webinar, or your course, or whatever you're gonna be talking about, um, then you can create an audience of people who are interested already in that topic. Um, so it allows you to create various audiences based on the people who are visiting your website. But then on top of that, you can also create lookalike audiences. So that's where you really put the algorithm to work for you, which is what I like to do. I like to put it on Facebook to do the work for us because it is so sophisticated. So what it does is it looks at that group of website visitors that you have, for example, and it looks at all its 2 billion plus users on Facebook. And it says, you know what? These people who are visiting your website, they have these things in common. They are visiting these websites frequently. They're visiting these pages. They're commenting or sharing or liking these kinds of posts, and they kind of it kind of creates a profile around who those people are. What commonalities do they have? And then it takes that profile that it creates, and then it goes and finds all the other people who are visiting, who are using Facebook, um, who will who might also be likely to be interested in. What these people are interested in, so we we use the lookalike audiences a lot in order to really open things up. So as I mentioned with my first campaigns, I had a very small, um, you know, low traffic, small web page or small Facebook page, um, small email list, but I used lookalike audiences so that Facebook could see, and even with those small audiences, Facebook could see what their commonalities was, mm-hmm. were, and then it could open it up up and bring people, add some more people who are likely to be interested in that. And then finally, the third thing that Pixels can help you do when you are ready to jump into creating campaigns is it can help optimize your campaigns so that, um, you, it will show your ads to more people who are likely to take that action that you want people to take. So if you want someone to register for your webinar, for example, then it'll look at the people who are actually seeing your ads and then following through and taking that action to sign up and then it'll show your ads to more people. So it helps to optimize your campaigns over time. So it's a lot of different things that the Facebook Pixel can help you do, but it can't help you do any of it if you don't have it installed. So that's why it's the first thing before you're even ready to jump into ads, you've got to get the Pixel installed.
1: So getting Pixel installed, you know, technically, if anybody's wondering, um, it's pretty, uh, there's tons of online tutorials, probably also. Uh, on your site, Monica, or like but on YouTube, like probably they can find it like in, in many places. Um, but co- my question is, uh, do we need the pixel installed on a specific page or just like on the whole entire website, like Google Analytics?
0: Yeah, so the entire website, so if you put in the header of your website, it okay. should be on every page in the domain. But like I said, if you use lead pages or something else, then you've got to make sure that you install it on every single page outside of your website. But yeah, it's just a one-time installation on your website and you've got that covered.
1: And can we have a few pixels like for sponsors and stuff like that? Because once I had sponsors reach out and said, like, can we have a pixel on your site?
0: So you can, if you use business manager, um, you can create multiple ad accounts. Although Facebook is being more selective about letting people do that now. Um, So that would be a way that you can, you know, create multiple pixels um, but I find in most situations, one pixel will work, but if you, it, you know, and then you can even separate, like if you've got, you know, s- different topics on your website that you talk about, um, then you can, you know, uh, narrow down into those categories where those pages lie, you know, that talk about those specific topics. Does that yeah. make sense? So you yeah. can create very specific audiences around those different topics.
1: Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Facebook so I installed that, and then I went and I want to create right now an ad. By the way, I know there's a way to also spill your email list onto onto mm-hmm. Facebook, and they create lookalike audiences based off of that, right?
0: Yeah. So you need to you need to initiate that, um, but you can upload your email list uh, into Facebook. So you know, obviously, your email list is a very warm audience; those people have opted in to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And so, what I like to do is I'll upload the email list. And then create a lookalike audience off of that so that we can, again, find more people who are like them, who are also likely to be interested in the content that we share or the offers that we have, you know, whatever we're promoting with our Facebook ads. Um, And so that's a great way to do it. And then, you know, you can take it a step further if you've got segments of your email list, just like me, you might have different sections of your website. You can upload those specific segments to create very specific, you know, niche lookalike audiences as well.
1: All right, cool. So, and and then after you find those, you know, lookalike audiences, and you have audiences that you can shoot that add to. um, How do you get the cost down? Like, is there a specific way to get costs down?
0: Well, there are a few different ways. So, there are basically three different variables that um, play a part in creating a successful campaign. So, one is the offer; it has to be an amazing attention grabbing offer that people want. And so that, I mean, it just has to grab their attention. So, Mm -hmm. um, so like my debt freedom training, you know, I was offering a free debt freedom training, to help people get out of debt. It's a very big topic. Um, the second piece is the audience. So then I was finding the right audiences who are likely to be interested in my offer. So that's the second piece. So that's what you're talking about. And then the third piece is the ad. So the ad has to be attention grabbing, um, whether you use an image or a video, it has to stop them in their tracks. You know, think about people on Facebook, think about how you scroll through your newsfeed on Facebook and take a like become aware of what grabs your attention as you're scrolling. Is it an image? Is it, you know, a like a way that, Um, A sentence is structured in the top of the ad. Is it a headline that jumps out at you? Is it the video, something happening in the video that's very animated that's kind of grabbing your attention? Mm -hmm. What's happening um, that makes you just pause ever so slightly and then think about, you know, well, if it's getting me to pause, then likely, you know, something like that can also get the people that I want to pay attention to my ad to pause and pay attention. So the ad has to be attention-grabbing, but then it also has to explain the offer. And so if you're offering like a webinar, for example, um, that's something where somebody's going to commit, you know, probably an hour of their time or so to spend with you. So you've got to have enough in your ad that first grabs their attention, then explains, you know, what the offer is and why they need it, why you're credible to, you know, put on that webinar, and really what the benefits are that they're going to get out of devoting that time. So you have to put more into like a webinar ad, for example, than a lot of my clients um, are bloggers and we will drive traffic to a blog post. So all we're asking them to do is click to read the blog post. So we don't need to explain, you know, why they're credible to write this blog post. We just give them a little bit of information to pique their curiosity because we really want them to click and then engage with the blog post. So you have to think through your strategy of how you craft the ad but those three pieces so the offer the audience and then the ad have to work together in order to drive costs down
1: right okay and also i think what you're describing also the situation at hand kind of like that the the person viewing now the ad is in and we should try to assess that and you know in accordance with the offer um that's interesting that's an interesting take um so you have the offer, you got the audience, and you got the ad itself. And in the ad itself, do you have like specific things that you came across that you know work for sure, for instance, like video or a certain color, purple, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> like, is there anything that you kind of like came across that you know that works um, for the, let's say, kind of like more thought leadership webinars, uh, free online content kind of thing? Uh,
0: well, so... I will say that it, it always bears testing because I've had situations where, you know, I have like, for one of my clients, we were running an ads for his webinar and we had this picture of him and his cute family and then this picture of him and his cute family. And um, one was kind of darker. It... And to me, I didn't think that that one was going to perform as well. The other one was brighter. They were outside and we were in the sun, mm-hmm. you know? And so I thought because it was brighter that it would perform better, but actually the darker image, um, performed better. And so I think that the reason why is because it just wasn't as polished. So it didn't look as much like an ad and it, they also looked more relatable for what yeah. his webinar was about. He was speaking to other young families. Yeah. So um, but in general, I do like to look for brighter images. Um, so if there's like a bright background, but then also, you know, nothing that looks too stock photo um, y yeah. Something that looks a little bit more natural and, you know, but something that is going to grab attention. So on the, on the other end though, Um, you know, I like to choose bright images, but sometimes darker images that have a little bit more contrast to them, they look a little bit different than what else is, you know, being shown in the newsfeed. So that can also work very well. Um, And then as far as video, Facebook loves video. So um, a representative from Facebook actually told me that 30 seconds is a great um, best practice when you're creating video. So people don't have a lot of, you know, long attention spans anymore. So 30 seconds, if you're going to go with a video, then just keep it short and sweet and to the point. Um, but then I've had situations too with clients where they've created a nice video that talked about the amazing offer, but then we used a carousel ad, um, to test where that was just multiple images in the ad and the carousel ad actually performed better than the video. So oh, okay. even though there, are like, you'll, people will say like, Oh, go video, go video, go video, or do this, do this, do this. You know, it's always bears testing for yourself. Yep. Um, because your ideal audience might respond differently than, you know, other, another person's ideal audience. So it it's always worth testing different types of ads.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sounds, sounds like, you know, testing is like something that we also do in the design world where I come from, you know, so there's like tons of like A-B testing experiments where, you know, one button worked and, and where you know, one, one button was supposed to work, but then you found out the other button, the ugly button worked. So, um, it, it sounds very similar, <laughs>
0: you know? For sure. But yes. I will that say another out. thing that I do like, um, to include my ads that I find usually helps to grab attention is to add emojis. Um, okay. so we like to add emojis in the ad copy so like if we have an image ad it'll be the you know the text above the image um, but not too many i don't like to overdo it with the emojis but a few like well placed emojis
1: <laughs> can Emoji add some
0: color <laughs> yeah <laughs> can add some color and add some interest you know if it works for your audience you know if your audience appreciates emojis um, then you know test out emojis so that's one one thing that i that i like to do
1: so basically can you like Different ads for different audiences, or
0: yeah. So you can, you know, if you've got different segments of your audience that might resonate with a different message, then think about where they are in their journey to whatever you know the end goal is of your ad campaign. Um, so think about where they are in their journey and then speak to that. And so if you can target those, you know, niched audiences, um, those segments, then you know, create different ads that speak to their different pain points. Um, that will resonate with them. But then also I like to test, you know, just different audiences in general and a bunch of different Mm -hmm. ads in general as well. So you can mix and match and figure out because, you know, what works with this audience, you know, might not work as well with this audience, you know, and this audience might respond differently to, you know, this ad over here. So it's definitely worth testing a bunch of different ideas.
1: Do you, do you usually test about like, um, uh, like male and female?
0: Uh, so when I had my Debt Freedom blog, I found that women responded better. That was one thing that I learned from my first campaign because um, the image that I used was a picture of me in the, in the ad, and I found that women responded better, and so I used that um, information for my next campaign. And I think that is one thing that helped to lower my cost the second time around is that I focused, you know, on women who are like me, you know, moms and, you know, um, kind of managing like their families, you know, budget, finances, whatever, you know. Um, And so that's who resonated with my ad. So you... So it's worth looking at, for sure, the demographics, because I it, it's different with every client that I work with. I have some clients where their audience is very heavily you know female or very heavily male. Yeah. So then we just kind of take that knowledge and we might just only target to women or men. Um, but when I'm working with a new client for the first time, usually then I will leave both men and women, but then I look at the demographics. Facebook um, gives you a lot of data back and so you can look at well how are men responding versus how are women responding and if you find that it's very heavily skewed one way or the other then you might take that information and then just you know test them separately in another ad set that you create you know with the next iteration of the ad
1: so there could be a situation where i'm just marketing to men
0: Mm -hmm. There could be. And then also, you know, same, same with age group as well. I usually like to start, um, with 18 to 65 plus for the age groups for most of my clients. Um, but then we might find that, you know, 25 to 54 actually works better, or maybe it's 45 plus, you know, that actually converts better. Um, you know, depending on, what they're you know what they're offering and what their what their audience is, um, cool. but Facebook, as you create those lookalike audiences and will also look at that kind of information. so if you upload you know your email list that is you know ninety percent men, then probably the lookalike audience that Facebook creates will also be ninety percent men. Yeah. so keep that in mind
1: okay, cool all right and um so Basically, right now I am, you know, in, in, at the point where I'm trying. My, my main focus in the in the six month ahead is uh, raising the awareness around my content, especially this Facebook group, Mindful and Ruthless, and uh, in the podcast that uh, people are now hearing as well, and my YouTube channel. Um, and and so, how do you suggest? Like, should I start using ads to promote my content? Like, does that, do you think that should be a thing?
0: So ads can be used, you know, for a number of different reasons. Brand awareness is one of them. If you just want to get more eyes on your brand, then that is, um, that is, you know, a very valid starting point. Um, and then there, are, you know, a lot of times, like when working with clients, I like to look at well, what is the potential ROI on the campaign but if you have you know marketing budget for you know just growing the awareness and getting more people in the group then for sure you know because you know that that's going to lead to things down the line so for sure you could do that
1: all right so um... Like in terms of starting, you know, doing ads, for instance, to get people into the Mindful and Ruthless groups, then um, how do I even start? Because I can do an ad as Sagi Schreiber, like myself, I can do an ad as my Facebook page, right? Or does it always go to the page?
0: Only the Facebook page, yeah. Only
1: the page. So basically it should go to my Sagi Schreiber Facebook page, uh, which is... So that's an important point because a lot of people say Facebook um, Facebook pages are dead and you shouldn't open Facebook pages if you're uh, some kind of like professional or business person. Um, so you should basically.
0: right? If you want to run ads, <laughs> then you should definitely have a Facebook page because yeah. you can't do it without. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so that's one thing. So P- Facebook page it is because there's no other option. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm such a newbie. Um, and also, so... Um, what are your, what are your tips on, um, in general about like, you know, bots and stuff like that? I know that's something that's going on strong and a lot of people are now using Facebook ads to promote, uh, conversations on bots. Um, do you have experience with that?
0: Yes. Um, so that is something I know you attended social media marketing world and I, I was there as well this year and I attended traffic and conversion summit and that was, a topic that came up time and time again, bots are where it's at. And the reason why bots are so, um, so huge right now is that they're still relatively new, um, you know, and, and Facebook is promoting messenger more and more, and it's adding more, um, more, like technology to messenger it messenger is going to be able to like now you can order pizza using Facebook messenger like there's going to be a whole lot more that we can do with messenger other than just you know say hey how you doing to our friends um but so messenger also you know people check their messages so when you think about you know growing your email list you know now like growing your email list is still definitely a best practice if you're not growing your email list you should be but um you know people are kind of getting used to getting a bunch of marketing emails and so the open rates for our emails generally have have dropped over time as people are getting more and more marketing messages in their emails whereas with messenger it's still fairly new and so the open rates for those messages are like 90% plus i mean they're through the roof and then the click through rate is even higher as well um so if you you know Provide a link in the message message, um, then people are more likely to click on it in that messenger platform. So, messenger bots is really something where you can grow this list of your you know messenger sub, messenger subscribers. Um, but then I would also encourage you to you know offer your free thing where they have to enter their email address via yeah. Facebook message um, and get them on your email list as well so that you can communicate with them there. Um, but that's definitely something that is really big right now and going to continue to be really big.
1: So basically you can run an ad that asks them like, hey, like, how about you download this free um, like let's say on your end, right? Uh, let's download the, the PDF to how to start Facebook ads, right? And then mm-hmm. um, I, uh, in order to download, just message right does like message uh, the word uh, Facebook ads on the the, messenger you open that you write Facebook ads and then give you back like okay great what's your email we'll send it to your email and then you get them also on your messenger bot and also on your email list
0: exactly yeah (laughs) so yeah so the way it works is it it's just they click on the ad and it opens up in messenger And then it just starts the conversation. So then you can pre fill in, and then you can have buttons where they select, you know, yes or no, or this one or that one, or I'm a blank versus a blank, whatever. So you can learn about them and then segment them in your message. message But I
1: got GDPR. So that's a problem. Maybe. I don't know. Do you know about that?
0: GDPR. You know, I don't know how GDPR affects um, but. Messenger. But I would I would think that you still need to be, you know, with GDPR, you need to be upfront uh, with what they are signing up for. Um, I know in my own business, you know, we're changing the language on the opt-in form so that it's clear that people are going to be, you know, not only just getting the free download, but also, you know, future emails, um, offers deals, whatever, you know, um, as well. So I would think that you would need to be, um, upfront with that. And if you're running Facebook ads, you need to be GDPR compliant. Um, Facebook is GDPR compliant, but you do, you know, as, um, an advertiser, you also need to make sure that you're GDPR compliant because Facebook is not going to want to take chances on advertisers who are not following best practices with GDPR. So that is important.
1: So basically, you're taking their email and they're like, by the way, we're just going to send you also like all kind of marketing stuff. Are you OK with that? Uh, if you're filling your email. OK, yeah, I'm good. And then they fill in their email. So, OK. <laughs> yeah, it's getting complicated. But anyways, um, so so that's 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 a good thing um, to know. And um, I just started working through this um, through this, um course for bots so it's very interesting to me to build a bar right now um i know yeah. we're short on time <laughs> um i know we're short on time just like before we get um uh, i just like i just want to uh, ask you you said you say you have like this formula right um for for succeeding with facebook ads um so i just before we get to this thing we want to say that you prepared for uh, the Mindful and Ruthless audience. I just want to ask, like, do you have like a couple of tips out of that formula to share with us?
0: Sure, so um, I mean, we've talked a lot of, about a lot of it today with talking about, I mean, the three main components that you need to have to have a successful campaign
1: mm-hmm. is you have to
0: have an amazing offer and you have to find the right people that are going to be interested in that offer and then you have to grab their attention and present the offer in the right way With the ad. Um, And so putting those three things together, if you are struggling with your, you know, lowering your costs, then think about well, am I positioning the offer in the right way that it sounds attractive and this is like a no brainer, must have offer? So look at that. Secondly, am I finding the right people with my audiences? You know, maybe I need to test a different variation of my audiences. Um, Another thing I do when I create a campaign. So let's say um, just a very simple example. I because I work with a lot of bloggers since that's where I started. um, We drive traffic to blog posts. And so once we get a lot of traffic going to that blog post, I will take the blog post visitors. So I will create an audience just of people who visited that single blog post and then create a lookalike around it. So if you have your offer, you know, say it's your free download, you already have a list of people who've downloaded that specific item, can you create a lookalike audience of those people? So think about what you're offering and how you can narrow down and, and create a lookalike audience of people uh, who are likely to be interested in that very specific offer or item. Yeah,
1: and and also who we'll clicked an ad on yeah. Facebook. Alright, I just wanted to take a short break here. Um, If you listen to this episode all the way here, it means you probably find value in it, right? So, well, I wanted to just let you know that this is a weekly show and it's published first on the Mindful and Ruthless Facebook group as it's recorded live yes this is a facebook live interview and it basically allows you to interact with the speakers and myself and ask questions as we're recording the podcast and we are trying to answer all of those questions so if you haven't already be sure to search and join the mindful and ruthless group on facebook i promise you you'll find amazing value in joining this community as long as basically joining a community with a lot of other amazing entrepreneurs so all right back to episode
0: uh yeah so you can you can create an audience around people who've engaged with your page or any ad um that your page has presented you can also you know narrow down for if you have a lot of video content that you are either running ads to or just publishing on your page you can create audiences of people who have watched you know um, you know, 25% or 50% of those videos and then create lookalike audiences of those. So there's a bunch of different options with the audiences. So there's always something else to test. And then also with the ad, you know, there's always something else to test there. You can test a new image. I find that the image or the creative, either image or video, um, you know, changing that up can dramatically affect the cost um and then next in line of importance would be like the headline and then thirdly would be the ad copy but um uh changing any of those variables and then also just another little tip um, once you are running ads facebook really likes engagement and so if it sees that there's engagement on your ads it will reward you um Mm. and push your ads out more knowing that people are engaging with the ad so when you see that somebody comments on your ad, it is a best practice to comment back. So if they're just tagging their friend, no need to comment back. But if they're you know, asking a question or making a statement or they have a comment about what it is, you know, reply to them and show Facebook that you're engaging in the ad as well. Because Facebook, Facebook really likes engagement. So that's something you can do as well.
1: Yeah, just get the momentum going, right, for the mm-hmm. algorithm to kick in. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's something that I, I always try to kind of like, I, I see one comment. And I'm just like, I'm going to come right now in order for more people to see it in their feed. I'm like, imagine yes. Facebook looking at that and like, mm, not enough comments, just you're out. <laughs> out of the feed.
0: Well, and I think that people like it too, as you know, other people seeing the ad that, you know, a lot of times you'll see people asking questions and then it's just like nothing's happening. There's no response yeah. at all. And I always, as a user feel um, you know that i appreciate those pages that are actually replying back and answering um answering questions and commenting and engaging and so i think that can look make you look more favorable to other people who are viewing your ad as well
1: yeah totally i think that's totally a, a thing that should that's also personal branding i mean if you have fans and they're answering like your 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 the content you put out into the world and they're commenting on it you should totally comment back and not leave them hanging. That's that's personal branding for sure. So uh, Monica has prepared like some nice offer for you. He has an amazing course on Facebook ads. Monica can you say something about the course like just like a brief kind of like a description?
0: Sure. Yeah. So I started off um, in this business as a coach and um, just because there's such a huge need for people to get help with their Facebook ads and learn how to do them the right way. And so with that, I found that I needed to leverage my time better. And so I created this course and now we have almost 200 people in the course um, who've gone through and are getting amazing results. Um, and so they are going through the course and Um, you know, applying what they learn to their own Facebook ads, I walk through creating a strategy um, because that's a very important piece is to create the strategy that is going to help you achieve your goals in your business. So anytime you're investing money, you know, in your business, then you better know what those dollars are being put to use for. And so I help walk you through the strategies that can help bring that ROI um, with your Facebook ads. And then we talk all about audiences. We talk all about um, constructing the ads. So choosing the ad creative. So whether it's an image or a video, but then also I take you through formulas, as you mentioned uh, for drafting that ad copy. What are the elements that you really need to make sure that you've got in your ad copy, depending on what your offer is, um, and then you know, testing and optimizing how to plug it all into the ads manager. I cover it all in the course, um, and so I would like to offer just as a thank you for having me um, a $50 off promo code um, for your viewers and podcast listeners.
1: No, it's awesome, thanks so much. Uh, so, yeah, so it's like $50 off, um, and you guys, if you want, you can you can sign up. You also have the freebie. Uh, don't forget the freebie about the, the questions to ask yourself before you start running ads. That's important as well. So download that freebie uh, by Monica. And so Monica, thanks so much for coming on the show. I think that you know we just started to dig into what Facebook ads is and how to start. So um, it's good that we had this initial session. I might bring you on later. You know, for like this more kind of like an intermediate uh, session. Thanks so much for coming on and really appreciate it. All right. So everybody, bye. And Monica, thanks so much for being here.
0: Thank you so much.
1: All
0: right. (laughs) Bye-bye. And that's a
1: wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would love if you could help me out and please rate this on iTunes. This is a new podcast, so reviews on iTunes go a long way and also ensure that more people will just get to enjoy it. You only have to do this once, not every episode, and it has a tremendous impact. Also, if you haven't yet, I would love to invite you to join the Mindful and Ruthless group on Facebook, where I host this show live and also share so much more with the members of the community. This will be a chance for me to get to know you better, and I love connecting with my audience. Alright, so until next time, remember to be mindful and ruthless. Ruthless with your gut feeling. Ruthless with your journey don't let anybody take you off your path my friend keep on and i'll see you in the next episode peace
0: like growing your email is still definitely a best practice so when you see that somebody comments on your ad it is a best practice to comment back. am i finding the right people with my audiences you know maybe i need to test a different variation on my audience